Hi there, this is Emily Williams, Disability Advisor for the Diocese of Leicester, and you're listening to the Disability in the Church podcast, a place where I chat to different guests all about disability inclusion within the Christian church. I hope this will be a place where we can learn together, make mistakes together, and spark new ideas together. This episode was recorded remotely during the UK lockdown, therefore the sound quality might not be as good as normal, but the content is still fab. Let's get started. Welcome. Well, you probably already noticed that this is a man's voice (laughs) and not Emily's voice. So I'm Ben, I'm Emily's husband, and today I'm going to be interviewing Emily. I suggested to Em that it might be a really nice idea for people to have a chance to get to know the woman behind the voice (laughs) (laughs) and how she came to be in the role of disability advisor for Leicester Diocese. So how does that sound, Em? Sounds great, Ben. <laughs> good, 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 good. So uh, why don't we start off? Why don't you give us a general overview of who you are? Uh, I am Emily. I am in my mid-twenties. Um, I've been married to a wonderful man named Ben. Good job. For ooh, five years. It's coming up to five, yeah. Coming up to five years. Um, Pass that first test. Good. Um, I love going to the seaside. I think my favourite part of the country is probably Lyme Regis. Um, yeah. It's in Dorset, right? Just in case people don't know. In Devon, Dorset. It's like the Devon, Dorset border, yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I sort of have a little Instagram play account that's becoming my hobby that I'm sort of doing with Jude. Um, but yeah, that's me, I guess, in a little nutshell, the non-serious side of me. Good. Good. Well, thank you for sharing, Emily. Totally welcome, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're the disability advisor for the Diocese of Leicester, but where did the passion for working in this field actually come from? Oh, good question. Um, I've always worked with children. I say worked while I was growing up. So I guess while I was also a child, I um, was involved with younger children in church or babysitting or... Um, just helping out and about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I reckon it was 2011-ish um, when we were at New Wine, back when it was at Newark. Woo woo, we love Newark. Um, and mum was on the Our Place team and essentially they were short of team members. What is the Our Place team? Just so if people don't know New Wine. Um, the Our Place team is the team that supports children and now children and adults at the time it was just children uh, with additional needs to access their venues and yeah, to support at, their families at, at the summer festival yeah at the summer wine, festival yeah. of new wine um yeah so essentially our place was short on team and mum asked if i would join the team with her so i did essentially as a favor to my mum um but i completely fell in love with it um i've served on the our place team for years after that doing various different roles Um, around that time I was actually planning to go either be like a GP or a midwife professionally Um, but because of falling in love with it at New Wine I changed all of that and decided to go down the more you know SEND route. Um, Fast forward a few years I've done a few jobs supporting children with SEND in different settings. Um, We then get married and I decided that'd be a fantastic time to go to uni. Um, (laughs) So I did a a degree in special educational needs, disability and inclusion studies. Catchy title, isn't it? Snappy. I actually just looked at my certificate on the wall to check what it was called. private place. (laughs) Um, Yes, I've got a first class degree. (laughs) Uh, Worked hard for that. Um, 
as part of that, as with many degrees, you have to do a dissertation. I did a dissertation on, you know, SEND inclusion in the church and that sort of sparked that passion for me and various other things happened, but now we're here. Great. Well, going right back, you said that you kind of fell in love with working with kids who had special needs and you fell in love with that field in general. So what was it, you know, that actually kind of captured you about this field? Well, so it was at New Wine that I fell in love with it. And honestly, I think what I fell in love with was how just genuine and honest it was. Like, New Wine didn't have big budgets. They didn't have fancy equipment. Um, They were just a team of people with a heart to see all these individuals interacting with all within their venues and and having a great week um the team was full of different volunteers some were experts some like me were essentially making it up as we went along but everyone had worked. a good heart didn't you we had a great you heart tried, our hearts were in the right place yeah. <laughs> um and we all worked together and we all just learned from each other and in doing that we we just did our best to ensure that the families had the best week that they could and I think the biggest thing I took from that new wine experience is that you don't have to have all the answers even now I most definitely do not have all the answers but I know we just joked about it but if your heart is in the right place and you're open and willing to try and fail until you succeed then then you're good to go like to me that's what inclusion is all about it's all about being community it's all about being friends it's all about working out together what what we think might work giving it a go and, and seeing what happens so mistakes are kind of welcome here aren't they oh mistakes are totally welcome here mistakes mean you've tried which means you care totally pro mistakes hmm. so then we fast forward kind of a few years after new wine and like you say you've done your dissertation as part of your your special needs education disability inclusion so kind of what did that dissertation highlight for you you said you were doing it kind of in respect to the church so unpack it for us please so unpack it my entire dissertation shall (laughs) i read it out no please don't (laughs) um so i think there were kind of two things that happened when i did my um dissertation i think i was quite naive and initially my dissertation opened my eyes to the really negative history that the church has with disability inclusion. Like I was heartbroken to read about different people's experiences and how they were treated and what people were taught and what was just the normal. And I think that still now fires me up even more. Um, But in terms of more practically and more presently, there were three common like themes that came up from my research that churches were saying to me um and they were that there was a demand for a higher awareness of the need for and importance of of inclusion a need but more importantly a desire for training and the need for resources to be available and I couldn't help but think that those were three things that I could I could give a good shot at trying to help achieve um so essentially (laughs) I took that to Bishop Martin, I pitched it, and now we're here. Yeah, and Bishop Martin's been really receptive to it. And um, certainly, do you feel like you're kind of making some headway with, with those aims? Like, I mean, I, I certainly hope so. It's obviously, it's been weird. I've been in the role probably about 
I mean, how old's Jude? I've been in the role probably like... 17 months now, so at a time of recording. <laughs> I've probably been in the role about 20 months. Yeah. Because apparently we're talking months now. So <laughs> <laughs> nearly like two years. But in that time, I've had a baby and we've had a global pandemic. Mm. So I think if there hadn't been a pandemic, things that I would have, say, achieved, I don't know how appropriate that word is, would be different. But actually, yeah, I think I think we are making headway. I've certainly... Um, yeah, I think we are. I think we are. I'm, You're still hoping to kind of... to achieve these aims, despite a global pandemic, despite you kind of going through kind of maternity leave and then obviously flourishing in motherhood and, and things like that so thanks babes yeah, so, so <laughs> compliment there. but yeah I mean you're still hoping to achieve those things with people and things yeah totally I hope to educate and inspire a passion for people for inclusion I hope to equip, equip churches to help them achieve that I want to make resources point people to resources um obviously none of that happens overnight but that's the dream um and I really hope this podcast is a step is a step towards that. Well, this podcast definitely is, you know, you've got lots of different subjects going out there, haven't you? And lots of different experts in the field. Yeah. In their own fields, kind of talking about really practical ways of people getting involved and making a difference locally. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the point of this podcast is I want it to be one place where, you know, you can scroll through the episodes and find the one that's relative to that's, that's yeah that, that fits for your dilemma at the time yeah. whether that be you've got to preach on the theology of disability or whether that be you have no idea how to approach a child in your creche and what how to help them communicate when or when they when they do or don't need the toilet really wide breadth of topics that I want to cover and have readily accessible for free to anyone who might yeah need them yeah so I think, I mean, we can probably all look around our communities and our churches and see a family, perhaps, a, a person who has additional needs or special needs, someone that's caring for someone with a disability. Um, they are all around us, it's, it's a, it, but it can be quite a secretive <laughs> or kind of suppressed thing in society. Um, so we do need to be, be looking for it. Um, but what I know from our experience of working with people is the people that are kind of caring especially for people with disabilities it, it takes it's quite draining isn't it it takes a lot out of them you know providing care finance support for their inclusion um and they're carrying a lot of hurt even from within the church the way that they've been mm. treated but that's the negative side of things considering all that you know what still gives you hope that we in the diocese of leicester we as a country, we as a church, whatever, are moving in the right direction? Oh, well, that's a big question. I think I asked Roy McCleffrey a similar one, and I feel like he was potentially more equipped to answer that. Um, on a smaller scale for my world, um, I think for me, I'm surrounded by other disability advisors. I'm surrounded by disability advocates, by church family members that are all fighting for that same goal. And some days it doesn't feel like it but steps are being taken. I hear so many stories of fantastic inclusion happening in church families within this diocese. And I'm just trusting that with, you know, a whole heap of hard work <laughs> and with some time, we're going to see that grow and flourish. And, you know, I hope that it will be the norm and that 
you know, it won't even be under the title of inclusion because that w- it will just be life. Um, I think we're certainly in a time in in life when actually people are more sensitive to these kind of issues and becoming more conscious of the people that have been oppressed for a long period of time. Um, so that gives gives hope as well. I think um, people are becoming more aware of the part they can play. And, and talking about that, we can we can clearly all play a part. We can all take notice of the way that people with disabilities are treated, not just in the church, but in society as a whole. So I know one of your pet peeves is a kind of uh, the social construction of disability, for example, how it's portrayed in media. Um, <laughs> so so what are the things that we can all start noticing, just even day to day, and the stuff that we can start speaking up about? All oh, Ben. <laughs> okay, so... The social construction of disability, I've got such a bee in my bonnet about that. I was had some teaching on the social construction of it and how we as a society are constantly being taught things and we're learning things without us even realising it. So, for example, um, if you take the media, more often than not, villains or baddies uh, in a film or in TV have some sort of disfigurement often facial um so you know listeners ben take a moment think about james bond villains Mm -hmm. think about chish chitty bang bang and the child catcher all creepy yeah (laughs) think about the joker in batman i could continue but they all have facial disfigurements and what message is that sending the viewer subconsciously you're being taught that facial disfigurement is something to be repulsed by, it's something to fear, it's something that sig- signifies a wrongdoing. These are all things that our brain is learning without us really even like noticing it. It's forming mm. our unconscious bias. Sure. It's not a choice that we're learning that. I don't think any of us would choose to learn that. That That's being subtly taught to us without us even realising it. So more recently, the new Witches movie came out um, previous Bake Off contestant Bryony spoke out about how hurt and upset she was that the witches um, had missing fingers and limb difference. Um, she pointed out that in the original book they didn't, in the 1990 film they didn't, um, and yet now suddenly they do. Um, she was really, really hurt by it when she saw the image um, because when she looked at it, she saw her own hand and she saw her own limb difference, except this movie was portraying that characteristic as part of a witch, something to be afraid of, something to be revolted by. Children all over the world are going to watch that movie and will begin to subconsciously construct that opinion through no fault of their own. It takes people like me, it takes people like you, it takes people like Bryony to not just start making the effort to notice these subtle things, but to shout about them. It's not okay. Maybe I should do an episode on social construction disability because (laughs) I could go on. Yeah, and, I'm, and you should go on. I think like these things are important for us to notice. Um, yeah, and I don't think it stifles creativity and expression to be sensitive to the fact that um, these things can actually hurt people, and you know you can make changes and still portray baddies in a different way, can't you? Mm-hmm. So you know it's not going to hurt the media industry, is it, if we shout about them? And I think it's just a healthy, a healthy thought pattern to get into with with anything not just with when you're watching a film or a tv advert just sort of questioning or oh, what what am i unknowingly being taught here or 
what am I unknowingly teaching here? Like, I'm not claiming to be perfect. I'm sure when I've written thoughts, written talks or done a group activity with children, I'll have made presumptions about the group of children I'm going to have in that room. And so I think it's it's a good habit to get into about just questioning that, questioning what's going on in your unconscious bias and just getting in the habit of challenging yourself, I guess. Yeah, and I think also that especially is important when we're preaching in a church and we're, we're looking at theology and we're looking at engaging with, you know, characters in the Bible that are disabled, you know, and how we portray those those people as well. I think it's important just to step back and take notice as well. So, oh, well, my hot chocolate's nearly finished, so your time's nearly <laughs> up. <laughs> time's up. Baby's on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> but you finish every podcast with the same question, so I'm going to ask it to you. You ask everyone... Um, why is it everyone's responsibility to be aware and to include? So take it away. I guess my first thought would be to turn that around and ask why isn't it? If we're truly one family as a church, even as, you know, as humans, <laughs> then we should all be reaching and caring about and learning from and laughing with every single member of that family I don't see why it isn't everybody's responsibility to be aware and to include and to just make friends thank you Emily Williams this was your life Benji Williams (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having me thank you for listening to this episode of Disability in the Church podcast for more information about the topics discussed today then you can head to the Diocese of Leicester website and search Disability Resources for Churches Thanks for listening and be sure to join us next time. Bye.